0: Maybe you remember that famous scene in the movie, The Graduate, where the guy says, I have one word to say to you, but today I have one word to say to you, and it's succulents. Succulents, plants that have water-saving modifications like thick leaves, thick fleshy leaves, succulents are hot. In frost-free climates, succulents are perfect for outdoor gardens and sun, and there are even some for partial shade. In colder climates, succulents make exquisite container plants. They... They epitomize what I call, well, weird and lovable collectibles. I mean, I I can't help but think of them as pets, <laughs> and some of them look like pets. But the there's a a new interest in in growing succulents and growing succulents in containers and growing succulents in different ways, and a new book by Deborah Lee Baldwin, the best-selling garden book author Uh, it's a sequel to succulent container gardens which was her last book and it's succulent simplified growing designing and crafting with 100 easy care varieties and it's just come out so i know you'll want to join me today to welcome deborah lee baldwin to kendrew's real dirt I have to admit that I was a bit late to come to Deborah's books. Uh, what could there be in a book about plants that grow in the Southwest and the Western States for me? Cause I'm in the Northeast. And when I mention the books to other Northern gardeners, they say the same thing until we look inside. Cause Deborah's books are filled with incredible designs for container plantings uh, like plants and frames and bowls and baskets and even pumpkins. And she, she has this, a few things where she glues little succulents into spheres of moss and twigs, and all of this is shown with fantastic photographs. You just want to eat these photographs, <laughs> and now we've all been bitten by the succulent bug. And I think that Deborah is in the right place at the right time, and I want to welcome you to Drew's Real Dirt.
1: Well, thank you, Ken. Gosh, what a great intro.
0: Well, I'm even, I'm even going to talk more about you. <laughs> because <laughs> you really you really are in the right place at the right time and and you know we've all grown succulents indoors in the in the north and uh and even some outdoors too that are hardy uh, and i just sort of thought that's another kind of plant that we grow but there seems to be this thing going on and you you're partially responsible for I don't want to say it's a fad because I don't think it's going away, but it's certainly a, a very popular trend, and I, I'm amazed that people are seeing succulents as if they've never seen them before. You know what I mean?
1: Well, yes, and and I, I the way I look at it is, the phenomenon of the interest in succulents is sparkling outward from coastal and Southern California. And just taking the United States and even the world by storm, it's amazing for me to watch. Uh, Certainly, there was a lot of luck involved. I had some terrific help from people in my network. But also, a lot has to do with how marvelous the plants are and availability. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing a lot more of that. Of course, as you know, with Wonderful Plants... Especially newly introduced cultivars and hybrids, or plants that have been discovered from other parts of the world, it's a chicken and the egg thing, where nurseries don't necessarily have the plants that people are hearing about until there's a demand for those plants, and then they get them in. Does that make sense? So there's a there's a a lag time there where we're telling them about these great plants, they're wanting them desperately but they're not quite yet seeing them in the nurseries. And the nurseries are hesitating to order them and get them in until there's this interest in them. And now everything's kind of catching up, Mm -hmm. but it's certainly more prevalent here in Southern California. I'm in North San Diego County in the epicenter of all things succulent. And I'm seeing people more and more emails from people across the United States and especially in the English-speaking world, asking questions about how to grow them, where they can find them. It, it's amazing.
0: Well, I go to southern, actually northern California all the time, and several years ago I started seeing, uh, I think it's Kelly Griffin's uh, yes. aloes, and oh huh? my gosh, you can't resist them, even if you don't know how to grow them. <laughs>
1: well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, I call those the the boutique aloes. Mm -hmm. These are not plants you would ever see in the wild. They have been hybridized to meet a certain market, to meet a certain demand for smaller aloes that are perfect for pot culture. And they don't get any bigger than a softball. They're not good in the ground, but they're uh gorgeous in pots.
0: Well, you mentioned in the ground, and I'd like to hear about your own garden and your experience with succulents in the ground, and then we can talk about succulents in containers for everybody's gardens, and then I'd like to talk about some of the the hardy succulents.
1: Sure, you bet. Well, my own garden, I garden on a half acre in North San Diego County in the foothills. I have a temperature range of below freezing, just <laughs> enough to be annoying, every year. and desert heat almost in the summer. I mean, it'll get well over 100 degrees, probably 105 isn't un- unusual, sometimes as much as 110. So I have a much harsher climate than coastal California because I'm that much farther inland away from the moderating influences of the Pacific Ocean. So I know my microclimates. I'm on a steep slope. You know, I've often thought, Ken, that if I could, if I could have known... What I know now about the importance of orientation of a garden and, you know, in my area, how frost will roll away from the tops of the hilltops because frost is heavier. If I'd known all that, my husband and I probably would have bought a different property. (laughs) However, and, and we've been here 21 years. However, the fact that I've had to contend with less than ideal climate for succulents and other plants as well on this property has really helped me when it comes to helping other people cuz i understand what happens to a tender plant when there's a cold snap and i get that certain plants and i and i don't just mean succulents can't handle full sun in the late afternoon on a summer day now it's was- well, go ahead.
0: Uh, uh, well, I mentioned Northern California, and you're not dealing with, I guess you're not dealing as much with winter wet. And I wonder how people who have rainy winters, and they seem to be very successful, how they contend with that problem. And for me, in my experience, I know that if you if you can keep a lot of these plants dry in the winter, and if mm-hmm. you're lucky enough to have a snow cover, and, and northern areas, there are a lot more succulents people can grow outdoors than they imagine.
1: Well, it, it does tremendously matter how much rainfall, how much cold, uh, how much direct sun, what the orientation of the property is, whether or not there's an overhang of some sort, whether an eave or a tree that isn't deciduous. I mean, all of, and even if it is, I mean, all it takes is one, (laughs) one scrawny tree limb overhanging a plant to prevent those frost crystals from landing on it. But I'm talking about areas where, you know, frost is an intermittent thing. It maybe only impacts a garden for a couple of nights a year. It's not the big issue that it would be in uh, the, north, the northeast and parts north and, and west. The, the whole idea of growing succulents where it rains a lot, I mean, come on. These are dry climate plants. By definition, succulents are plants that withstand periods of drought by retaining moisture in their tissues. So they're not set up to receive a lot of rainfall, especially in the wintertime when they're dormant. So you have to protect them. You have to make sure that their roots don't get sodden, that that they uh, are protected from excess humidity. That's another concern. Because, as you know, any time you're pushing the limits of a plant into a situation where it was not, originally intended designed or adapted to that kind of a climate you have to make up the difference you can grow anything you know anything from from tillandsias to orchids to tropicals to cactus if you know what you're doing and i think a lot of that that's kind of a roundabout way of saying you know know your plants understand what they need and the way I look at it, and feel free to, to jump in, if you ask this question, because I, I can go on and on. I think. You well, I'm going to ask
0: it. you a question. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that a lot of people, well, years ago, people would think that all all succulents were cacti, and that's not the case. But all cacti are succulents, and I just want to say here that there are cactus varieties, species, well, species and genera, in every state in the country. Yes. So we're you're talking about uh growing plants in a, in a situation that's not really like their homeland and you have to do some adjustment, but I just want to remind people that there are hardy plants and even hardy native plants, uh native cacti that they can grow. And and succulents are plants that just have mechanisms for retaining water or holding water. And you mentioned something about frost. Uh and people think that cold and frost are the same. <laughs> and some plants can tolerate cold, even freezing, better than they can tolerate frost. And for me, I've had frost at 36 degrees So, and damaging killing frost at 36 degrees, whereas some plants will live at 33 degrees without the frost. So there's, there's a lot going on here. You're, you're saying jump in with questions. I could ask you a million questions, and you could tell me a million answers. Uh,
1: well, I, can I address the whole thing yeah. of succulents that are indigenous to northern climates? especially some of the Apuntia cacti. You know, these tend to be well, more or less the smaller, less interesting succulents. And, and I know that's very much a subjective term, whether or not a plant's interesting or not. But the plants that people want to grow, the succulents that people want to grow, are are the smooth-leaved rosette shapes. Mm-hmm. That tends to be where the trend in or or where the interest initiates, especially with the typical gardening public. I'm not talking about the collector. I'm talking about people who have come to succulents from loving flowers. And then they see these rosette shapes, and they're like, oh, my gosh, here's a plant that is shaped like a rose, and yet it has thicker, fleshier leaves, and it's blue. And they go nuts over it, and they want to be able to grow it regardless of where they live, and they can. But they're not going to grow it in the ground much beyond Southern California or Coastal California, at least in, in the United States. I mean, these plants just are not from here. Now, the, the, to address the issue of, yeah, there's a succulent for every climate, but you're very limited. I call it the, the heat barrier. To the east of Southern California, that that really shuts down a lot of things other than cactus. I mean, after all, they have saguaro cactus as far as the eye can see, but we can't even grow it here Hmm. in Southern California. So, and then you have the cold barrier as you go toward the north and east, and you have the cold and wet barrier as you go into the Pacific Northwest. So... Yes, you can grow succulents in those areas, but you're very limited to what you can grow on the ground. We're looking at rock garden plants, the sedums and sempervivums, or, or common names, stone crops and hen and chicks. Or if you're getting into, say, parts of uh, Texas and farther north, the the little cactus you want to be careful not to step on. <laughs> and there are others. I mean, there's always an exception. But you know what i 'm saying,
0: yeah, well, I think it 's interesting that you 're saying that because I not only think that one can grow those, but people should grow those, and besides growing whatever they can that they, they can grow in the garden and with really great drainage uh we should talk about your books because that's that's the amazing turn on is is the whole container containers have been very popular for about sure. a decade now and your beautiful jewel like arrangements and they're so creative and now you're on your third very popular book amazingly popular books with these wonderful pictures and I so I want to hear about the containers and also you have you call it six secrets for keeping succulents thriving. Uh, So what are some of the tips, I guess, for the container plantings in all climates?
1: I'm glad you're going in the direction of container plantings, because that that was the whole point of writing the second book, Succulent Container Gardens, was to take the gospel of succulents farther afield, where anybody anywhere can grow succulents in containers, because containers are, are a contained environment that can be Moved and sheltered, as climactic conditions become less than desirable for the plants. So yes, indeed, that is um, that's a very strong and important aspect of this. As far as the six tips, are you referring to what I have on my website? Because I do have I do have a lot of information on my website, and I can I can. Try
0: to come up with a six. I I shouldn't put you on the spot. Well, (laughs) well, uh, I'll ask you more specific questions. Okay, we put together this wonderful succulent container. Uh, We have your books. We love them. And uh, for me, a couple things that now I'm going to ask you two questions. Uh, I put something together, and the plants continue to grow, (laughs) and Um, it looks so wonderful uh, uh, the first week, and uh, it continues to look wonderful. But but. You can't just leave that alone because they go in all different directions. So I'd like to know about uh, maintaining and rejuvenating container plantings and also winter care if you don't live in a climate where you can leave the containers outdoors or in a a porch or something that's sheltered.
1: Well, I'm so glad that you brought up the whole topic of refurbishing and cutting back and making a container planting look as lovely as it did originally because – that's what we're seeing now, is that people have, especially where succulents have been popular for a while, is that not just the containers, but also the in-ground gardens are, are getting uh, overgrown looking. And especially with the less sophisticated gardener, there can be a sense of disillusionment because, oh my gosh, you know, these plants were supposed to be bulletproof and low-maintenance and easy care. And look at them now. They've outgrown the situation that I had them in. And yeah, they're living things. They're not flat. (laughs) They may be the closest thing to plastic in the plant kingdom, but they do grow and change as all plants do. So, one direction I'm going into with videos, with my blog, with my newsletter is to gently take people by the hand and say, look, you cut them back. You know, if you've got a long leggy succulent, succulent with a long stem and a rosette on the tip, you're looking at a cutting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, dump that container out, cut back, replant, and you're good to go. But that's that's oversimplifying, but it's basically that easy.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to have a link to your uh, website on the Kendrews Real Dirt website, along with the podcast. And I just want to remind people that I'm speaking with Deborah Lee Baldwin, and her newest book is uh, Succulent Container. Well, it's a sequel to Succulent Container Gardens. It's Succulent Simplified: Growing, Designing, and Crafting with a Hundred Easy Care Varieties, and it's just been published. And it's another exciting book. And I. As I mentioned, I find this book like the most intriguing of all. I just love the things you've put together. So, sorry to interrupt you because we were going to talk a little bit about, besides rejuvenating, and you have videos uh, that people can link to, uh, also that winter care. I grow a lot of succulents, precaria, things like that, and I keep them, just keep them kind of sleeping in a 50 degree room and really cool and that's what what I do and is that the kind of thing that you recommend in northern climates how do you keep that gorgeous container especially with a lot of different succulents over winter in a in a dark climate
1: well yes and most most succulents not all do go dormant in the winter time and that's very convenient because you can put them in a basement bring them indoors just let them sleep and regroup. They like some cold in order to bloom in the spring. Mm-hmm. So you you will diminish the water. Don't fertilize. Keep them. What you're doing is ideal. Right around 50 degrees is perfect. That's less than most humans prefer. Right. So a basement is great for that. You can you can go down into the 40s if you want to. So I they mean, don't
0: they don't need sun in the winter.
1: Oh yes, very important, Ken You want to keep grow lights on For Mm. a minimum of six hours a day Now that can be fluorescent They do not need a full spectrum light source When they're they're dormant, when they're sleeping And, you know, just make sure they've got good air circulation Because mealies and, and other pests can proliferate When your plants are crowded together So that's something to keep in mind too Also, know what you're growing I mean, I can't emphasize that enough There are thousands of different kinds of succulents I was just in Iowa I spoke at the Iowa Arboretum And it was very interesting to me To observe how agaves were being overwintered in a basement Now, yes and, And there were some cool agaves too However, know your agave, because agaves can be behemoths. Agaves can not only be enormous, like several feet in diameter, with their fleshy leaves are heavy, and then just try to carry that up a flight of stairs to put outdoors in the spring. Because agaves, by and large, almost all of them have very sharp points on the leaf tips. And they will draw blood. They think nothing of it. They're <laughs> the sharks of the plant kingdom. But if you grow the boutique agaves, the ones that are very popular now for pot culture, they don't get that big, they they will be a much more suitable plant for overwintering in your basement.
0: Well, I've asked you so many specific questions, and we only have a little bit of time left, but I want to hear what you would like to tell people. Because I, I, I'm so excited. I've been monopolizing our time together. <laughs> well,
1: no, not at all. I I can, you can tell I can go on and on. But well, if if I were to 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 tell people in, you know, your audience in general, anything in a nutshell about succulents, I would put my arm around them and gently suggest to them that it's okay. Don't be intimidated. These are not fussy or difficult plants. These are the plants that you you want to get started with that won't miss you when you're on vacation, when you're away. They are are fun plants to grow. They're beautiful to look at, wonderful to collect, and really they're the they're the plants that you can garden with with your children.
0: I think that's great and it's funny as you're saying that I'm thinking of what you said about plastic because they're right. they're so durable and uh in your book you have a lot of information on care, and a lot of information on care of many different genera and species and varieties that we'd like to grow, and uh, in 2007, Designing with Succulents, your first book on this topic, spent 19 weeks on Amazon's list of top 10 best-selling gardening books, and the sequel, Succulent Container Gardens, in 2010 also topped the charts, and this latest book, as you know, I've been waxing about it, I'm so excited. And I'm, do, I'm already, I've made a succulent wreath. <laughs> I'm going to be doing a lot more things. And as I told you, I love those new aloes. They're just, they look like little lizards to me, yeah. some yeah. of them. Huh? But I want to thank you so much for being my guest today. And we'll put links and some pictures on the website. And uh, I know people are going to want to find out more about you and more about your w- terrific books.
1: Sounds wonderful, Ken. Thank you so much. Thank you. I will definitely link to your podcast from my website and mention it in my newsletter.
0: Oh, great. I do want to encourage people to take a look at Deborah Lee Baldwin's books and see the incredible arrangements of succulents that she makes in all sorts of ways. I, I defy you not to put together your own succulent containers once you see some of the things that she's created in in all of her books, and including the first one about Designing with succulents outdoors in those in the climates where you can do that But I also want to encourage people who live in cold climates to try some more of the hardy succulents because there are I think there are a lot and uh, maybe Maybe because Deborah can grow mm, Like a hundred times as many as I can. She's pretty smitten with those remarkable ones But I get a lot of pleasure out of my sedums uh, Of which I have probably I don't know 15 different sedums from tiny ones you can barely see to of course things like sedum autumn joy a very popular herbaceous perennial and cacti and okay so they're kind of boring but not to me not when i've got pads of spiny cacti and then flowers that might be pink or red or yellow so you know maybe i'm maybe i'm a little satisfied with some of my outdoor succulents and Good drainage, that's the secret, good drainage. Thanks for joining me, and please join me again next week for another edition of Kendrewsville Dirt, The Garden Show.